0: The Scale Well Podcast. How to use technology to scale your business. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Scale Well Podcast. My name is Phil Bean. I'm here with Matt Gamble. We're two of the founders of Nudge, an easy-to-use patient lifestyle management platform. And today on the podcast, we have Dr. Charlie Webb, founder of Freedom Practice Coaching, after building Imagine Wellness Center into one of the nation's most successful cash-based wellness practices. Dr. Webb founded Freedom Practice Coaching to help doctors learn and implement a proven system for practice growth based on entrepreneurial strategies. He continues to play an active role in FPC while also traveling across the country sharing his message with thousands of doctors that there truly is a better way to run a practice. Thank you for being here, Dr. Webb. Really appreciate your time.
1: I appreciate the invite, guys. As I said, I I really enjoy doing these. And if if I can get some message out and help some docs, that would be awesome.
2: Absolutely. And I know Dr. Webb, you and know, I have had some great conversations over the past few weeks and just really excited to have you on here because I know we are, share this pretty frequently, but we get so many questions from a lot of, you know, our partners or our audience about, you know, the effective ways to to grow their wellness business or grow their practice. And, you know, we, we kind of have to throw our hands up at some point and say, you know, that's really not our primary focus. And that's great to be able to lean on, you know, folks like you and Freedom Practice Coaching. So I appreciate everything you all are doing for the industry. Absolutely. But, for those that aren't familiar with you or Freedom Practice Coaching, do you mind kind of give us giving us a run through and sharing a little bit about that?
1: Well, it, it, you know, I'll go back a little bit in time. <clears throat> you know, when I when I started um, the Imagine Wellness Center, I had I had been in practice. I had I had been through the whole traditional model. You know, my background um, is chiropractic, and I did that from you know January 1987 to, to 1996. I was considered a very successful doctor when it comes to the terms of what most people see success at, right? right, right. I've seen you know, over 300 patients a week, was doing very well financially, had what from the outside looked like the dream, right? But I can tell you, I never felt uh, a lot of purpose in the way that I was approaching practice, like the typical management, I'll say outdated <laughs> management, <Right>. because <laughs> success in a practice doesn't, that's not what it is. Obviously financial reward is part of it. Um, so that, that's great. but how are you working with your community? How are you working with your patients? And I was taught it was all about numbers. and I got burned out. I got to be honest with you. And, and with the background I had, yeah I was, I, was, I was a good doc, I was knowledgeable, but I wasn't addressing the needs of, of the majority of people that came in. It was It was strictly, physical chiropractic physical therapy things like this and there's a place for that guys for me i had i i was done i was burnt out and i and so i left i got completely out i was i had done well enough that i was able to sell that practice into a public company and financially i was pretty well off at the age of 36 37 years old Mm -hmm. and so i got into other things to try to fulfill that need right Mm -hmm. I almost just dropped my license at the time kind of like burning the boat down. No <laughs> I would have an opportunity to go back. I didn't, but <clears throat> so I got out I, I got into real estate real heavy and I got into concert promotions. I did a lot of things and I did well, but I still didn't have a lot of purpose in those things. And partly, you know, some of the things I've learned through the challenges and getting hurt along the way is if, if you find your purpose and your passion and you put everything in it, Everything's gonna come around, right? Now, now that's if your passion can be profitable, right? right? I mean, right your passion is 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 painting uh, flags on the back of of, of little uh, ladybugs or something. I, you're probably not gonna make oh, a lot right, of money, right? Right. You know? yeah. But so you know, I wasn't even though I was doing well in real estate and, and concert promotions, I wasn't in it, and I didn't mm-hmm. I didn't own it like I own what I do now, meaning. It's me, right? Right, yeah, right. On it. And mess so up. when there was outside circumstances, I had a lot of investors in, in the in, that were in my company that had invested and so forth. And when the I don't know if you remember back in I guess it was two thousand, I don't know two three when the big stock bubble deal Silicon right. Valley hit, I got caught up in that and and I, I couldn't recover with my investors and everything else. And so I I, I went to broke. I mean, I went from literally spending most of my time on the golf course to losing everything I had. We lost. The only thing that was left was my wife's wedding ring, honestly. And I almost, I I came for it at one time. (laughs) And she still has it today. I was going to use it. I was going to use that ring as my money to do a coaching program to get back into my passion. But I, I started studying functional medicine. I started studying everything that I did in my life. I was like, "Wait a minute! I know how to be healthy. Why am I not? Why am I not teaching this to to these people that trust me?" And so I dove into that, and I opened up the Imagine Wellness Center, and I guess it was two thousand four, somewhere around there, two thousand four, two thousand five, when I opened that. And um, so I didn't really do chiropractic per se uh, from that little bit, but that I, I pretty much got away from that completely and just had a hundred percent cash based. But let's call it proactive because some people get carried away with the word functional medicine and think, right. well, I'm not trained in that, so I can't do it. And every health practitioner out there can do proactive wellness. They yeah. know how to eat right. They know how to detox. They know how to exercise. People People that come to doctors are looking for knowledge. They're looking to be empowered. They're not looking at the services that you give. Mm-hmm. Now, that's not to say that can't give them some immediate relief. But I'm telling you, someone that goes to a chiropractor is not interested in spending a lot of money on adjustments. What they're interested in is investing into a new life. And if that requires three months of care, whatever, so be it. But it has to do with what the outcome is, not what your service is, right? Absolutely. So after building this practice, we became, it was very, very successful. And I started getting a lot of attention throughout the nation from other doctors, not just chiropractors, but medical doctors, et cetera. Mm. And so started putting this together because that was really my dream from the front was to eventually consult. And so uh, that's what I'm doing today. So I started freedom practice coaching almost five years ago. So 2000, September of 2012. So it'll be five years this September and the first 60 clients we had were, were referrals.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So that got it off to a good ride. And then after one year, into that, I had to step out of practice. So I sold a wellness center mm-hmm. to a doctor who still is doing very well in that practice and did freedom practice full time. And since then we've had well over 300 uh, practice that we've worked with mostly United States, but also Canada, Australia. We're, we're, we're pretty much put here for a while until we eventually will probably look into Europe. a little bit. More oh, wow. Time. Yeah. But it, this is uh, a, <clears throat> this is the kind of work I wish everyone could do because it's, it's just, another activity for me. I love what I do. I'm very passionate about it. And I have a big purpose in disrupting healthcare in this country because not everyone needs health insurance. Everyone needs knowledge. Everyone needs to be empowered. Health insurance is not, never has been the fix. It never will be the fix. <laughs> it's just a distraction in politics. <laughs> right. so, that,
0: that's probably
2: a quote
1: in the show notes right Yeah, There, there
0: I, you go. That's hilarious. I love listening to kind of the political rants back and forth about, you know, people just need health insurance. Well, no, they need health. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so. hey, again, look, people make follow the money trail.
1: it's it's not that they're totally ignorant there's money to be made with sickness right Mm -hmm. and people buy into well if everyone has health insurance everyone has a right and everyone no everyone has um an opportunity to take care of themselves everyone has a right to get the right uh knowledge and education Mm -hmm. but health is going to come from those who implement those who take action if you don't take action i'm sorry you're not you're not entitled to healthy life. If you choose to smoke, drink and eat donuts, it's just not going to, there's consequences. Right. In our act. And there's consequences in, in our actions when it comes to building our practice. And even though our intention may be good, we may be a good doctor. If we haven't taken the time and invested the, the time, the money, the efforts into understanding that your practice is a business. And if you haven't taken the time to invest in that, there's consequences just because you have a diploma does not give you a right to have a successful practice. All of us have seen brilliant doctors that are broke. Mm -hmm. We've all seen so-so doctors that are really well off. Is it fair? Well, if the so-so doctors are helping 10 times as many people as the broke ones, even if it's not at that level, but they're helping maybe 80% of the way, then they're helping more people. I mean, that's the, Mm -hmm. that's the the story. So, Doctors are struggling today due to consequences, and those consequences are coming from actions that haven't been taken. And when we get out of school, we're, we're, we're taught that a practice is somehow different than a business. It's, it's a practice. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Well, it's okay. a business. If you don't mind me interrupting you real quick, one question I have, or I'd be curious to get your thoughts on this, and I feel like we're starting to see this a little bit. Do you feel like practitioners and doctors are starting to – Classify themselves and recognize themselves as business owners more and more readily now. I feel like for a while,
1: and let me tell you why. When when you have a practice, that's all insurance based? Okay, Mm -hmm. do you have to have any kind of skill set in marketing? Mm -hmm. Not not necessarily, right? Insurance companies feed them to you, right? Do you have to have a skill set in communication? Not really. Do you have to have really good bedside manner? Not really, do you have to have any kind of ability to understand how do I convey value so I can close the deal? Right. I mean, there's an, a value of an exchange happening, right? Mm-hmm. When it's insurance, it's freebie. That's the only business I know that's just freebie, right. government stuff, right? When you go to cash and if the, the doctors that choose not to get their head out of the hole and they're just staying 100% insurance, let's just put it this way. In the last 15 years, half of all private practices have gone away. Bye-bye because they depended on insurance yeah. and the bureaucracy and everything else. So once you go to cash, you now have entered the business world.
2: Right. Absolutely. And I mean, it's like I said, I feel like we're starting to see on our end more doctors calling themselves business owners, which is Good. an encouraging trend to see. It's certainly not everyone
1: by any means, but yeah, but at yeah, least whether they are or not, at least they get the concept yeah. that I need to be, I need to understand how to run my practice as a business person. So the business works for me. Right, instead right. of me working in it for it, right? Yeah. Right. So I'm
0: curious. A lot of the practices that come to you, where are they in their evolution? Are they have they already transitioned to a cash-based business? Usually, or are you transitioning a lot of people over? Um, you know, I would say probably at this point in time,
1: when it, when we just look at who's coming to us, what what kind of practitioners? Because we have all kinds of health practitioners. Probably, not probably over 50 percent of all of our clients are medical doctors. Mm-hmm. And then the next probably highest area would be chiropractors, then natural pass. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got a whole bunch of acupuncturists, nurse practitioners come to us. So people that are are basically going out and, and looking to be more proactive in their approach. Okay, right. when they come to us, a a lot of them have converted completely to cash, but I would say at least fifty percent more than that, probably 60, 70% are doing some cash, right? Mm-hmm. So we have a lot of people, we, we don't have, I don't know, may, maybe, you know what, maybe let's say 25% of them that come to us have zero cash. They're doing all insurance. So we've yeah. got to transform that practice. We don't we don't tell people that they have to get rid of their insurance. I want to be clear on that. We have practices that do best right now as a hybrid. Let me give you an example. Yeah. I've got a client here in San Antonio that when we started with them, they 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 had some cash, but it was it was mostly insurance and they want to convert. And she's a medical doctor and they do a lot of proactive stuff, including hormone replacement, things like this, right? And when she started, <clears throat> that's kind of where they were. And we've helped them five times their growth, why they've been here to give you an idea of what that looks like, she just opened up her second location. It's 12,000 square feet. Right? Now, we've told her, keep your insurance because that's driving a lot of people into Mm -hmm. the door. They're they're aware of you. But once they come through the door, like in her new practice, for example, when you walk it's gorgeous. She's got a door for the cash side and a door for the insurance side. But they're all all connected, right? Right, right. Beautiful contemporary building. When you go in... The insurance side, right. The room right to the left when you walk into the waiting area is this big, huge room. It's probably twenty-five by thirty-five. It's a it's a big room, right? Mm-hmm. And I brought some new prospective clients over because they come here for Discovery Day, and we took a tour. And of course, it's great to go over there because they can see what this dark and light, right? And she says, "Here's the most valuable room, important room we have in our." practice. And she shows this big room. She goes, this is where everyone gets pre-educated before they move into a program. So what, what and this is what we taught her, you have to pre-educate the public before you ask them to move fully into something because they don't know what opportunities they have. They just know, well, I guess I need hormone replacement. And then the doctor just allows that to happen. Well, that's not being a good So so by going through that, what's happened is half the practice is cash, right? There's half. The insurance side, on the revenue that comes from the insurance side, half of it is cash. So, so the insurance side doesn't make a lot of money. Mm-hmm. It's for marketing. Right, yeah, for sure. It brings and- them in. She has over 200 new clients a month. No way. Wow! Yeah, way. I, and it practices now. One that's twelve thousand square foot, and the other one that's like seven thousand. Or first, it's interesting
2: to hear you walk through that because I've heard a lot of. I, I'm sure we all have kind of horror stories of people going through the transition process from traditional, you know, insurance based business to trying to go fully cash. And if the, if you don't hit those conversion numbers from your patient population, yep, kind of in this you know oh crap moment of you know what oh, do I do yeah. now? And it's tough
1: to tough to back. I, I would advise the majority of people not to, not to make a quick leap like that. I did. I'd advise most not to, Mm -hmm. because you can transition smoothly where everyone's happy and you're not pissing anyone off. All the, all the, the current practice members you have, you're basically approaching them. And we have all the, I mean, all of our clients, we give them the communication, how to do this. This is exactly how you communicate. So everyone wins. But bottom line, the the current practice members see you're offering something better to them. They have an opportunity to take advantage. They'll go through an educational orientation of this new process and so forth. And a lot of them are going to say, I like that. I want to take it to the next level. Those that don't, that's okay. Leave them on the insurance side. That's okay. They can keep referring, they can keep doing it. And then over time, the doctor has the, the, the capability, and they can now make the decision, do I want to put another doctor to handle the insurance, and is it working as a, as a marketing tool for me? Or is my, if I break down my statistics and I determine that there's no money there and it's costing a lot of time and effort, at this point in time, I can make a decision to stop that and move 100%. So we, we always tell our doctors, our clients, protect your fort. Whatever fort you come to us with, we're going to first stabilize and strengthen it. Even if you're like, man, I really don't like what I'm doing. I just want to change it. Well, hang on. You still have to learn to be a business person, a savvy entrepreneur, and take the current fort you have, even though it may not be laying golden eggs. It's laying something. Right, right, right. Right? So we strengthen the, the fort. Then we say, okay, now... You know how to make money. Now you know how to be profitable. Now you know how to run your team. Now you know how to drive new people in here. All systems in play. What do you want to do? Well, I want to do a cosmetic deal. Fine, let's start building it. Mm -hmm. But you have to first take what you know. You can't just start everything. When you don't have the business background and then build a new business at the same time, it can be very so,
2: so yeah, and it's great to hear you walk through some of this because I, I feel like this is one of those podcasts we should have allotted seven hours of time to, but we we don't
1: <laughs> we'll do more. We'll, we'll-, yeah,
2: we'll do more. But the so one question I have for you is as you've been working with you know several hundred practitioners over the past few years, what are some of the kind of common pain points you're seeing these people come to you with as they're trying to scale their business? Are there any common themes? The, the
1: number one. So if you're listening to this, yeah. stop the car, yeah. write this down. <laughs> the number one pain point on both sides, what we have to get through, and what they have to get through is what's between their ears.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I can't tell you the percentage of doctors that hold themselves back with limited beliefs of oh, all, all doctors, yeah, yeah. Every, 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 one of them, even, those doctors, I've got doctors come to us that are, are doing Three hundred thousand a month. Well, most people would say very, very successful, and it is in its own right. But we have to look really deep into the statistics and everything and understand: is the profit margins right? It's really time off. Are they vacation or are they just in their practice getting totally burnt out? Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But to, to to evolve them and help them see, like with Bernice, to to, to go from the you know this doctor here to go from one hundred and forty thousand a month, which which is good, right? but maybe the profit wasn't where it needed to be and working six days a week and having I mean, it it can be not so fun. You can't just look at the number, Mm -hmm. but to take that and get her head to a point where she could see herself having this unbelievable 12,000 square foot dream of her life and go to 600 a month and, and and be able to be there four days a week instead of six. Okay. That, that comes from not just understanding the systems and applying the systems, that comes from understanding you've got to step out of the box. There's a better way to run your practice. And half the craps in your head is menace. So we've brought on our team a person that's a professional in psychology. Yeah, yeah. And we do a SWOT analysis on every prospect that comes to us. We go through a process of helping identify what's going to hold them back. Because no matter how good we are as coaches and all the team that, that works here with me, Mm-hmm. if someone has a limited belief on something are they going to implement what we ask them to do right, right. so when we handle that we saw a tremendous uptick with all the people because we have the majority of people just really do well but you still have people that struggle even some of those who do well they struggle when we handled that part of the equation it was just like everyone could take a deep breath and go, okay, there, there wasn't a need for another training lesson. There wasn't the need for another control. Right, right, right. There was a need to clean up the house. So that would be the primary mm-hmm. uh, one. Uh, uh, another one would have to do, put your ego aside. Doctors as a whole, we we tend to think, and we're taught this way, that that we're these professionals that have to present ourselves in a certain way. And, and it's very important what our colleagues think and all this guys, what's important is what your community thinks. What's important is the lives you change. What's important is how you're taking care of your own family. Right. Some of these doctors out there are so, uh, inclined to to, 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 uh, please other colleagues that that comes primary or in front of taking care of their family. And it's just craziness because these other practitioners that you're worried about what they think, whatever I can promise they ain't thinking about you right. <laughs> They're thinking right. about your own <laughs> stuff. So when we tell people, look, if you're, if you, you, you you've told us that your main goal, because the majority of practitioners, they got in practice because they do want to help people. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that's sincere. They do. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, now, sure. If all you want to do is help people, then I would say don't be so crazy to open up your own practice because it takes a lot of effort. Go work for someone if that's it. Well, no, there's a little bit more to it than just helping people. Meaning if you open up your practice, part of it's because you want freedom Mm -hmm. and those freedoms mean I want freedom to run it the way I want to, right? Right. My own, my own way, I want freedom to be able to see my wife or my husband, my kids. I don't want to miss a practice. So I, if I run it my way, I should get to a point where I have those freedoms, right? And I want financial freedom. If anyone says, well, I don't want financial freedom, yes, you do. Because with financial (laughs) freedom, you can build your practice. You can see more people. You can help more people that need financial help. You can help your own family. That's a gift, right? So we want all those things. So if if that's going to be in the equation of of building that way, then, then we have to start. Looking at, at at the practice completely outside of the way that we look at the day. If I tell someone, let me help you double your practice, everyone could say, I can see doubling my new patients, doubling my time, and all this. Right, no right. No one wants that. No one wants that. But if I told you, and I got this from, you guys know who Peter Diamandis is. Mm-hmm. He wrote the book Abundance. Right, big, right. Right. One of the things he says is, If I tell you, and Dan Sullivan says the same thing, who's a coach of mine. If I tell you to 10 times your practice, you know, you can't do it alone, right? Yeah, absolutely. No, you you have to get out of the box. You can't do it the way that you do it. And if I can get everyone to start thinking that way, then they'll kind of go, okay, there's a better way to run my practice. Yes, there's a better way to run your practice. So you've got to get. You've got to believe that, understand that, and, and and getting that ego off, recognizing I got in practice so I could help my family. Right. I mean, really, your family does matter. Yeah. I, I I got in practice for a while, I'm going to bust my ass for my wife, Mindy, my son, Landon, my daughter, Amanda. My, that's now am I am I in practice to to provide a service? Yes. Do I want to be the best I can? Yes. But you can't focus on what someone else might think. It's like, look at Dr. Ross. Some people like him, some people don't. Well, he's not professional. He did. He's helping more people than I can't tell you. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's changed yeah. the way that so many people look at all what's been quoted as alternative. Right. So does he care? No, he's doing a pretty good job. He's promoting himself. And some reason, so many, so many practitioners have been taught, well, it's not professional to, to promote yourself, market yourself. They were taught that in school. And that comes down from big farm and insurance companies because they know if they learn how to be a business person and they learn to market themselves and they learn not to be dependent on an insurance, they'll say bye bye to big farm. Right, and right. So they try to tell them, you're not supposed to talk, uh, you're not supposed to market, you're not supposed to talk about money. It, what? I don't know any business owner that's right, that's that, right. that embarrassed about the fee that they have. Whether it's my attorney, he has no problem telling me the fee. I just bought a new car. They had no problem telling me about it. no. But no. a doctor's supposed to shove you off to someone else because no, they do that because they're uncomfortable with it. And here's why they're uncomfortable: they've never been trained, right? Uh, for they've sure, never been trained. You don't have to sell your services. You have to communicate to someone in a logical manner that you can answer their needs to get them to their destiny. They'll ask you, I want to move forward. How can I move forward? Mm-hmm. Do, I have, do you have, do you have a payment option? I'm ready to invest. It's not selling. No. It's and real
2: quick too. I want to make sure before we get too far here that people, if, if someone's not familiar with freedom practice coaching and Dr. Webb, they, they kind of hear some of the stats behind the program because the program is pretty remarkable. I think this is on your website, Dr. Webb, about, I think it's at 76% of the clients who adhere to your program, which I'm sure you have some, some notes on what adherence really means I think you said double their their practices revenue over the course of a year is that correct okay so
1: that's a minimum so we guarantee in our program if someone comes to our program and look it's an application process are we going to take care of everyone no and, and some people when they look at our program they'll say hey it's not for me we're not the coach for everyone right mm-hmm. um i don't i don't try to you know blow pixie dust or anything making someone right. think that when you invest into a coaching program, you're you're guaranteed everything. That's not how coaching works. Anymore that when you went through four years of medical school and dropped a quarter million bucks, were you guaranteed success? No. no. Were you given an opportunity? Yeah. No. So in, in our program, 76% of our clients, and this is a third-party study, at the minimum, double within the first 12 months. That's a a big deal. Knowing that practice management companies on a whole have a less than 20% success rate. Right. Right. Practice management. We're actually getting out of the box and teaching people the same strategies that Fortune 500 companies use. Why? Because that's where I learned it. That's where my CEO learned it. I mean, he's had those big companies. So these, if a doctor goes to our program, and later down the line, they decide, you know what? I, I, I want to do something different. They have a high, high probability of being successful in whatever they do because they're going to learn right. the underlying strategies. Now, the 24% that didn't hit those guidelines, we had a measurement we took on that. Why didn't they? Because we still look at it. Hey, whether 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 it's not our fault or not, right? right. Why right. don't you pick them up? I No man left behind. So when we looked into it, we were able to change that number one by mindset, right? But the participation rate on a scale of one to 10 on those people that were in the 24% was only at a 4.2 out of 10. And that's measured objectively and subjectively, because we keep stats. We know if, right, right. but on the 76% of the people that, that did well, they were at like a 7.4 mm-hmm. uh, participation rate. Mm-hmm. So it really came down, if you participate, Your probability is like if if, if we sign up 100 clients in the next few months, we sign up 100 clients, 12 months from today, 76 of those 100 clients will have doubled whatever they're doing. If they're doing 300,000 a year, they're going to be at 600 or better.
2: Mm. That's amazing. So, yeah, I just wanted to make sure people knew that, hey, this, this guy knows what he's talking about. He's, <laughs> he's been doing it for anyone that's not familiar. But one thing I, I really, really appreciate about your model and really intrigued with, because I think it's come up in a few of our other podcast episodes, has been the importance of qualifying customers and prospects before you work with someone, especially as you look at, you know, rolling out any kind of unique programming, whether it's weight loss, or whatever it is, in a practice Can you walk us through a little bit the importance of qualification in your sales process?
1: So number one, it's important and it's very um, I guess uh, what's the word I want to look? I can't even think of right now, but bottom line you want the freedom. You you want to know that you can, you can look at someone in the eyes and not accept them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You don't, you can't tell, Tell people that we don't accept everyone if you do. That's not uh, integrity, right? That's a lie. So if you're going to tell someone that we don't accept everyone, it better be the truth. And it gives you a sense of freedom to know that I don't have to take everyone. And by by that, knowing that, the person on the side, things flip a little bit. They realize that they're not being sold. They realize I'm going to have to prove myself to them this program, and I learned that again from being in other coaching programs. I've, I mean, I've, I've been in places where I've invested fifteen thousand dollars for a half day with a coach. Well, I had to be accepted. I had, had to earn my way to that yeah. because they weren't going to get a reputation. Well, it was fifteen thousand. I didn't get anything out of. it. Well, he knows an entrepreneur will. Yeah. An entrepreneur is going to find the pearl that's going to be worth it, right? And they can run with it. So when it came to patients, right? Practice members coming in when I had imagined wellness. If someone had an attitude that I knew that they they weren't ready very politely, I would give them a different option. I, I just let them know, you're not ready for this right now. This is why I'm seeing this, but you may be down the road. So let me do this. Let me give you, let me sign you a book. Mm-hmm. Take this book for right now. Read through that. See if that makes sense. Start doing some of the things in the book and then down the road, if it feels like you're more ready, so I always left it in, in a nice place. I, I wasn't like a jerk, right, or right? And then when people come down here, to, to, if they get to a point where they come to Discovery Day, we're pretty clear that I mean yeah. we've given them so much pre-education, we've had we've got plenty of people that sign an agreement before they even come to Discovery. They just want to come to train, right? Yeah. So it's calm because we've taken them down. We've gone through an educational process. We, we know who they are. Now, that doesn't mean 100% of the time it works out that way, right? Mm-hmm. So once they come, all of a sudden we get to feel this person. We get to understand who they are. Do we feel like they have integrity? Uh, because they're going to be working amongst our other clients. And the last thing I need is a, a, a bad apple, Right, right. And the last thing you need as a doctor is a bad apple in your waiting room when a new new prospect comes in. Absolutely. Them walking out and getting on the elevator today and oh, so you're seeing Dr. Thomas for a while? Yeah, it's not working. But you need to get rid of those people. So we do have people that will come to Discovery Day and halfway through the day, we know. And we'll very kindly just say, it's just not, it's not going to be a fit because we will penalize rest of those paying members. We're not cheap. And if someone's going to invest with us, we want them to come away. That's the best investment ever made. And I can't believe the kind of team you're right. kind of clients because they got to be positive, not whiners, people that are, that are players. Yeah. So, so doctors get into this desperate place of, oh, I got to close this person. I got to close this person. Let me tell you what, when you're, when you go in with that attitude and you walk into that room, They feel it. Mm -hmm. You can't hide that kind of energy. And then you wonder why. You're not closing the ones you really wish you would close. So back to that that mindset of thinking, take take care of these people, pre-educate these people. When when you do it right and they're pre-educated before they come into your practice, let me tell you something. The first time they walked into my practice, they were pretty much already ready to go. Mm -hmm. Their main question was, I hope you can help me, Dr. Webb, and if you can, I hope you'll accept my case, and I hope you have payment options because I know you don't take insurance. That's where they were. Mm -hmm. And too many doctors, oh, you need to get in today? Come on in. What are you going to do with them? Right, right. That's a reactive situation, and typically it'll be a reactive relationship, meaning you're going to handle their immediate problem, and they're not going to be long-term, they're not going to be compliant, they're not going to prepay you you for your program.
2: I think, I think a lot of this comes down to, you know, it's great to see this shift and kind of people trying to compete with value. And I think it's really refreshing to see that a lot of practitioners now are starting to realize, look, it's, it's a race to the bottom. And I know we talk about this a lot in a lot of the episodes, I'm not competing with, I'm based on price because it's nobody wins and it's okay to have a premium solution. Cause I feel like sometimes people get really nervous about increasing their prices or having the highest price point
1: in their, in their local market. Well, number one, I had the highest price point in San Antonio. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Probably have the highest price point for coaching. I'm sure I do. Okay. Now, let's make something clear. I never sold apples and apples, and there was no, I wasn't a commodity. So even when I did chiropractic, I, if someone, you know, let's say that I I didn't do fee for service because that's a big problem. Because now that's like an orthodontist saying, like my son just went to an orthodontist, he's 12. The orthodontist basically said, here's what we see. We can get the job done. We know the goal is a gorgeous smile, right? That's what the goal is. That's what we know Yeah. It is. yeah. And he just said, here's the fee and everything you need is going it's, it's included, everything you need. That's. I, I just need to know I'm going to get there, right? I'm not paying for his retainers, His. I'm not paying <laughs> yeah, for yeah. what, I'm, what I'm investing in is his confidence is how he feels about himself with a beautiful smile. That's what my investment is. So I'm not, I'm not comparing apples to apples here. Right. When doctors want to, want, want to compare their services, well, this, this doctor down here, he's got this practice, and, and for his concierge practice, he's only charging $200 a month, so I have to. You're nuts. you yeah. <laughs> compare yourself to that person, what are you providing that they're not, right? So people don't want to when when you when you start selling them your services and their products that's where they see all the value. How much value is it for a series of IV treatments for 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 filler in your face for um, the, the, the silicone that goes into a breast augmentation for a chiropractic adjustment? How much value is in it? very, very little
0: mm-hmm, right.
1: How much value is it to build a, a woman's confidence to have breast augmentation? Well, apparently a good eleven twelve thousand dollars <laughs> 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 all the time in their financing how about a, a, a beautiful smile seven eight What about changing someone's health? Is that not worth seven eight thousand dollars and you look at doctors you know making as much money as personal trainers these days because they keep charging for their services and their stuff. Yep. That's not a business person. That's a lemonade stand. I hate to be crude yeah. on it. Uh, no, it's that great. I mean, run. I'm selling my lemonade. No, I, I, I'm, I'm selling you the ability to go back on that field with energy and everything else. So that drink's worth a lot more than 25 cents. You've got to think that way. What are they looking for? What is the destination they They don't want to pay a lot for the flight. Mm. They want to save the money for the destination. So, all knowing that all the, everything they're going to need is there, whether that's education, whether that's certain services or treatments, they just need to know and feel confident that you got me, Doc. I don't need to know why you need to use that laser. I don't need to know why right. I need that IV. All I know is you know where I want to go. I want to be in Tahiti, and you're going to get me there, and the plane trip is whatever you said it is, and I trust you. And if I get to this point, and I'm living in this different place, and I feel good, That was an investment worth it. And I can't go up the street and compare you to someone else. And chiropractors got burnt on this because now they got the joint. Mm -hmm. And and now you got adjustments Mm -hmm. for 15 bucks or whatever. And and the same organization is doing it for acupuncturists now. So if they don't get out of that deal, and that's all you're doing is charging for your treatment or your service, you're... Yeah, (laughs) right, right, right.
0: other employment, man. We get a lot of questions around, you know, developing programs and stuff like that. And it it comes in more and more when you talk to to practice owners, business owners who are really, you know, shifting to, I guess, what I would call more of a health model than a treatment model um, and being more proactive. But how do I structure a program, this and that? Would you say that mindset is really the most important thing to structuring any program, though? The idea that you're investing in an outcome rather than paying on or charging on a fee-for-service basis.
1: Yeah. And that's what it's all about. When, when, if, if I don't, now I've, I've got a fairly hard stop here. So let me cover this and then yeah. and guys, I'll do it again with you. I'll get back on with you. Yeah. One of a multi-part series. <laughs> okay, that, that's cool. So look, when, when the, the, the ethical thing to do is when someone comes in is you've got to determine what they see as that destination. You can't simply identify symptoms and, and getting rid of those symptoms as being the goal. It's not. They have some place they want to be in the next year, two years, three years. You've got to identify that as as a practice. That means you better learn how to communicate. And your history form better ask the right questions because most of them don't. They're they're doctor forms. And people don't need that. I mean, I got diabetes. I want to fix my diabetes. No, it goes well beyond that. Right, 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 right. So I've got to find out where that is. And if I know I can help that person reach the destiny, it's my ethical responsibility to lay it out. Everything out, meaning here's your responsibilities, here's mine. Are you agreeable? Is this the right path? Is this And talk to the spouse. Is this the right path? You've got to come in agreement. What is what is needed? My son is in, in track now. He's pretty good. I've got him a, a really good coach. So he, he's got a one-on-one coach. He knows what his destiny is going to be. The track coach is, here's what, what we're going to be doing, and this is the commitment I need from you, Landon are you willing to do this? This is the kind of workload. Are we in agreement? That's what has to happen. And so I've got to let them know everything from what their responsibilities are, what my responsibilities are, showing up for the game, what that means, and then financially what that means. Mm. Upfront. The last thing you need to be doing is I'm going to treat you as we go and you don't really know the length of time and you don't really know the total investment so you don't prepare for it that's that's just another reactive doctor it may be less to- it is less toxic than going to get a medication but it's no different mm-hmm. and all these doctors that consider themselves wellness doctors that's kind of what they're doing you're going, why do you go why why do you think you're any different than the doctor you're reactive you're just treating them as because you're afraid to put it on the line. You're afraid to tell them this is what the commitment looks like up front. This is the financial everything. Let them make the call. Don't be judgmental. Those people, if you communicate right, you do your job, and you don't speak like a doctor. You speak at them at their level. <laughs> right. Okay? Then they can, they, they're smart, and they can go, you know what? I've been waiting for someone to tell me this for a long time. You listen to me, you got it. You know where I want to go and whatever it takes, I'm willing to to be there. And that's a fair investment. Let them make that decision. And when you get to that point, you know, it's the right thing to do because they can say no and you might have other options for them. That's okay. As long as you let them know we can do this option, but the expectations may be different, right? Right, right. And what happens, most doctors just break down and whatever insurance will cover, they'll do that. that That's a crime. That's a crime. You're not being honest with the person. Or they'll just go, well, let's just, you know, whatever you can pay for, we'll do that. Well, is that an investment or is that an expense?
2: Mm-hmm. That's a great way to put it. And I know you got to go. So. Dr. Charles Webb, where can people go to learn a little bit more about, or I guess to learn more about you or free-to-practice
1: coaching? The best way is we have educational for them. We're not going to try to sell anyone, so don't worry about that. But (laughs) Here's what you need to do. First, you can get get more information by talking to Brian. It'll be just a kind of a little bit more about who we are. Let us find out about you and find out if we feel like, hey, this may be a fit. And if it is, we'll send you down a little path to get educated and then if it comes to a point i really like this then we can eventually get you down for a discovery day but uh here's a phone number and you guys if you want to put this yeah, up later we put in we'll the show back. notes yeah it's brian but it's 210-417-4268 so it's 210-417-4268 um And then uh, discoverfpc.com, discoverfpc.com. That'll take you to a place where you can actually watch a a little discovery video that I'm explaining things. And then from that point, we also have a documentary that was done on our company. And you can see some of the success stories. And then at that point, you can say, I'd like to find out more and get on a phone call.
2: Well, that's awesome. great. Well, I really, really appreciate your time. We'll add all this to the show notes and God, thank you so much for
0: being here. This has been thank great. You
1: guys have been great hosts. Oh, so you, you just let me know when we want to get back on and we'll follow up. This <laughs> is Fantastic. Great. Sounds great. Right,
0: thank you very much, Dr. Charlie Webb. And guys, if you like what you heard today, I think Charlie might be on again in the yeah. future. Check out the Scale Well podcast, download it, um, rate it if you like it. We'd like to all hear from yeah, you. Yeah, i love that. Love us yeah. love to get yeah. some yeah. feedback. <laughs> yeah. right. Thanks a lot. Guys. We'll see you again yeah. next time.